Hello and welcome to Campion Conversations, an informal podcast discussion of pop culture and the liberal arts. My name is Dr. Dre. The Japanese animation studio Studio Ghibli was founded in 1985 after the success of the film Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. The collaboration of animators and directors Heo Miyazaki and Aseo Takahata, the studio has gone on to produce some of the most beloved, celebrated, and wildly imaginative works of animation of the past four decades, including, amongst many others, the epic Princess Mononoke, the charming Kiki's Delivery Service, and the soulful Spirited Away, for which Miyazaki won the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature in 2003. To discuss the films of the studio and to offer our personal recommendations for the Gateway Ghibli that might offer an entry point for those sadly unfamiliar with the works of Miyazaki and his collaborators, I'm joined today by Thomas Flynn. Hello! You are an enormous fan of, of the studio's work, as I said. What, what was it that drew you to the, the, the films in the first place, do you think? Uh, in my younger days, I fancied myself a cinema buff. Yeah. And I heard about this film, Spirited Away that had got an Academy Award or was about to get an Academy Award, and I went to see it in the cinema, and when it came out on DVD, I watched it again. Uh, never really got into anything else, but I, I enjoyed Spirited Away. And then time passes, I keep seeing various Ghibli films on Blu-ray in, in the shops, and uh, prompted by a podcast I was listening to at the time, I uh, watched uh, some of the earlier Miyazaki films, uh, My Neighbor Totoro and Kiki's Delivery Service. Oh and uh, then slowly just fell in and um, bought one after the other, watched one after the other, bought the Miyazaki box set, waited impatiently for the Isao Takahata box set. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no, none on the cards, don't get your hopes up, folks. Um, I uh, found this related film, that related film, and slowly worked my way through most of them. I remember... Uh, watching them on SBS, I remember like seeing them come up as these like beautiful treats of, of these films that would Lucky be. Lucky you, Colin! I didn't grow up in a country that had SBS. Oh, of course, of course, of course. Okay, sorry. Well, we, we, yeah, we were very lucky. We had um, wonderful Akira and Ghost in the Shell and and the Ghibli films, which um, I, I thought uh, were stunning. Um, but anyway, uh, I guess there. <laughs> There are around two dozen films um, kind of gathered under this sort of Studio Ghibli banner, uh, in, you know, including the works that are kind of retroactively uh, included as part of their output, like Nausicaa. There's dreamy flights of fancy, there's fantasy epics, there's comedies, there's romances, there's a story about shape-shifting eco-terrorist raccoon dogs that go to war with a housing development apparently equipped by One of testicles. my favourites. Yeah. <laughs> it's a diverse catalogue, is my, is my point. I guess, what do you see as the uniting spirit of the Ghibli canon, if, in fact, there is one? Uh, well, there are a few. One is that's across the... I mean, just to, for those not familiar with Ghibli, um, the, uh, it's now... We can't, we're not entirely sure because some of the main players are still alive, but um, it's now been, it's been officially closed. But uh, the two guiding lights, the two... Tent poles for the producing for the directing of films in uh, under the Ghibli banner were Hayao Miyazaki and Isao Takahata. Um, f- apologies in advance for mispronouncing. Neither Colin nor I speak any Japanese. Um, but uh, now, now, and their common concern. Uh, well, they've got one or two. One is the environment, mm. um, and they approach that concern in different ways. But it's certainly a, 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 an abiding concern. So it's a concern for the preservation of the natural world or the traditional world 
and also um, uh, just simply being able to live in a in a in a, in a, a decent way. Um, the uh, one ab- another abiding concern. This is much more a Miyazaki thing. Is flight. Miyazaki mm. loves flight. He likes implausible um, <laughs> aircraft. He likes highly yeah, like- plausible aircraft. Um, in common with a number of other uh, anime producers, um, you often find in... Remember, these are all animations. So every single thing in every single frame has had someone's intention in it. Mm. And um, the so you see um, extremely detailed, very accurate realisations of actual things in our world. Um uh, for example, certain types of aircraft and uh, things like that. But so there's, there's an abiding um, concern with flight, and but certainly the environment. And one other concern that does uh, stretch over both Takahata and Miyazaki is uh, social awareness, particularly pro labor approach to right. the working environment. And it, this is within the context, I think, of uh, a Japanese corporatism. Uh, in general, so there's a, it's, it's not it's not precisely labour versus capital, but um, certainly uh, there's a theme goes back to Horus Prince of the Sun, which is in was made in 1968, and uh, Miyazaki worked on that as an animator, and um, is, is this concern of the the collective just trying to protect itself against outside forces, and that, that, so that, those are the abiding things, but uh, the, the, but uh, they are by no means as boring as I've accidentally just made <laughs> No, no, but I, I think it is uh, good to get an idea of what those, you know, just the recurring motifs that, that occur in all of them. And, and again, as I tried to indicate before, the Ghibli films go in so many different directions. And it is just, I think it is helpful to get that kind of through line of what their concerns are. I mean, there's also there's elements certainly... of youth. Yeah. I, I think there's ideas of, uh, you know, childhood and wonder. I think that's... Yes, yeah, certainly. Um, I mean, that's, that's common with a lot of films. They're certainly not very pro-war and they don't do... Yes, well, they, anti-war. They, they, fact, yeah, yeah, they don't do big blow em up spectaculars. But man, they can blow some stuff. They can up. blow stuff up. I mean, in a um, film that I'm, I want to talk about, there's absolutely some explosions that are, yeah, yeah. are quite delightful. I guess okay. So they're thematically rich, um, they're sumptuous, they're just visually um, gorgeous. I, I, I would say, and they're stories that are not always told. The kind of story that not always told, and also their stories that just aren't told in that way. They don't always follow conventional yeah. the, or what we are used to in terms of narrative structure. Um, uh, one of my favourite films, uh, Porco Rosso, um, which is about a pilot. Uh, just to really keep the description minimal, it's about a pilot, and then it just so it has a lot of flying and a lot of planes, Miyazaki. Um, but it, it, it ends up with a punch up in the ocean. It gets there naturally, and it makes sense within the context. But it's, it doesn't go places. The films do not go places you expect them to go necessarily. Yeah, or, or in films that I think even after you've seen them, sometimes you return to them and see this sort of depth of, of theme. And the one that, uh, forgive me if this is the, the one that you're going to talk about, but the one that I always think of is uh, My Neighbor Totoro, which people remember for the beautiful cat bus and it's sort of the wildly imaginative. Uh, sort of spirits and sprites that, that exist in this forest and flying and, and all of this sort of whimsy and wonder. But underneath all of that, and, and in fact, uh, informing it through the contrast, is this story about grief and, and about fear and about children who one of their parents is ill. Uh, and, and so 
it, it's about them effectively dealing with the way in which that kind of weight of grief that's possibly lurking on the horizon uh, impacts their, their daily experience. So, it, yeah, I mean, it is about so there. There is a, another theme of um, chartered separation from your parents, but it's not done in that overdone way. Absolutely, of, yeah. No, that's um, that's what I meant. Dad is killed in the opening scene. Or in yeah. some horrible way, and then this and the children back, spend they, their come back every to, to do revenge or whatever, bathos yeah. and yeah. weeping. Yeah. And, yeah. No, absolutely, that, that's exactly what I mean. Is that they're films that you can you can love for their flights of fancy and and just the beauty. Again, it's so sumptuous and, and gorgeous to look at. It's sort of verdant and green and, and lovely, uh, and yet they don't treat their audience like idiots, like they're they're children's films or family films. Uh, that actually have some uh, resonant kind of thematic material to, to chew on. Other other animation films uh, don't always guarantee uh, that they're going to have that kind of wealth of material underneath it. There are, we're both parents, and there are um, films you'd happily watch with the children because the children want to watch them, but you'd never watch them on your own. But I gladly watch Without a doubt, Ghibli yeah. on my own. Yeah. Uh, no, no question, not a thing. Oh, that's something slightly funny to watch. But it's... Um... Well, except for one film. Well, yeah, but that's not because it's a bad film. No. <laughs> we both, talk... It's funny we both know exactly no, yeah, well, you're, ta- he, he, you're talking about Grave of the Fireflies. Yes, I am. 1988. Which rocked me by, to my core. It, it is a terrifying or um, scarifying film. It's mm. about two children in Japan uh, towards the end of the Second World War. Um and their sufferings. And I'm just going to say something that becomes very clear in the opening scene. They die. Yes. Um, well, painfully. It, yeah. Uh, it uh, announces exactly. Right, right at the beginning what's going to happen. And yeah. you, 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 may, you might forget it, so I might have just spoiled it slightly for you there. But um, now the, the striking thing, so that, but that, it is a very beautiful film. Yes, the reason absolutely. why you don't rewatch it is because it's not an experience you can go through uh, twice necessarily. Um, and certainly no, not one, as you said, when you have children <clears> you want to sit down and here's some popcorn, kiddies. You sit, well, like, that's what's the funny beautiful thing, children because, get destroyed. Um, I'm looking at my list of the films down. It, the release date, Grave of the Fireflies, 16th of April, 1988. Release date of My Neighbor Totoro. I know. 16th of April, 1988. Yeah. They were not just released on the same day. They were released as a double feature wow. in Japan. People in Japan went to see both films and I don't think our reaction to the um, uh, to Grave of the Fireflies is because um, we're, we, were, we are from the country that was on the other side in that war or any war guilt or anything like that it, it's, it's simply oh, no, it's, no. A, it's a gri- engriefing that's not a word film um, uh, uh, but th- they thought they would release them together and so wow. they did and they were both very successful and Do they're both you... very popular I'm sorry do you have any information which was screened first do you literally mean it was a double feature yeah, it was a double feature wow um, which was screened first I, fi- I, I think it was Fireflies then Totoro okay. but then maybe they flipped it or it might have been the other way around oh please no um, you would need Totoro to just kind of recover from that I mean wow I, may, maybe they just treat audiences as a sort of high level of respect and you would um, respect your audience you respect your audience so, so assume they can just we can take the grief film and now we can take the jolly um family magic fun film uh, but wow. uh, I, yeah I, I don't know the details about it but uh, if you get hold of the DVDs as uh, uh, there are um, 
uh, extras, the documentaries that go into the details and all this. Wow. And, and, and the um, Japanese makers in the studio, they don't seem to think there's anything odd about this. About that, that about combo. That, that combination. Wow. But there you go. You're right. But enough on Grave of the Fireflies. Yes, Let's go back to the ones that we think you should watch. Absolutely. Grave of the Fireflies is certainly a, is a film I'd recommend to anyone. But um, if you want to start out on Studio Ghibli, don't start there. So, Start with Colin. I would... Uh, this feels like a, a cheap answer, although... Uh, much to my surprise, uh, it's it's not the one that I think most people would go to, but I would say Castle in the Sky. It was the first uh, of the official Ghibli films, which I think is why it might be a bit of a cheap answer. Uh, and it it I think it, it feels like a perfect summation of all of the other themes uh, of, of the Ghibli films, particularly the Miyazaki films that get played out perhaps a little better in each of the following films but this one feels like the almost the mission statement of the of the ghibli um, kind of product uh, you know you've got your strong female protagonist uh, in, in Sheeta I think she's very strong and, and, yeah. and, and fantastic um, she's resourceful she's brave she's not uh, incompetent um, she's not like the little dream pixie girl uh, it has the strong environmental message that you get the adoration of nature um, it reflects as you mentioned before like Miyazaki's anti-war uh, anti-weaponry kind of uh, quality that the army in there is um, unlikable as that celebration of life and and it, it just exudes wonder you know Miyazaki just gets these moments where he he has these sweeping majestic reveals of these impossible magical sights and it's just sublime like again he'll do it with later films but with that one just that 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 journey towards uh, Laputa, uh, you know, the, the floating city of the sky. Just absolutely wonderful. And, of course, I have to say uh, it, it's got little things that are just perfectly tailored to my own tastes. Uh, so, uh, you know, references to Gulliver's Travels, that sort of steampunk light aesthetic. Um, that, but light aesthetic, that's good. Yes. Steampunk light, yeah. Yeah, it's not not, not your it's full not... steampunk, but, you know, there there is some airships that, you know, all that sort of stuff. Uh, it's got a chaste romance at the center i could always take a little bit of that uh and to me and i don't know if this is just my misreading but i get some wonderful kind of indiana jones vibe from from the film i see from your expression you find it a little odd oh it's surprising but i'm i'm seeing how it um i'm seeing how it works yeah this sort of thrilling sort of chase scenes and and there's a comedy in in a lot of the action that Mm. that, you know uh, lightens it a little bit it's very sort of breezy and fun you've got this uh quest for an impossible magical kind of uh item or or it is Conceive. literally a castle in the sky. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Any, yeah. This is, doesn't give them anything away. In no, the no. opening credits, you see um, how mankind has invented the ability to make enormous objects yeah. fly. And um, so, so that, that, that's what we're getting to. Uh, Miyazaki, Miyazaki's films inhabit a universe where the law of gravity just isn't quite as strong. And and you believe it. You believe that oh, it's yeah. possible. These enormous... So it's not just something the size of a Zeppelin. It is something the size of a Zeppelin with the contents of a 747 <laughs> inside it. It, it. So it's it's not just being held up by helium. It's, it's these gigantic... Um, they're like aircraft carriers in the sky. And uh, they... Uh, and so there's that that delight, but the story itself is um, it takes a while to unwind. In fact, it's one of the longer longer films. The, 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 my only caveat for it being an introduction is it is um, over two hours long. 
But yeah, I've heard that criticism. A lot of people think I, it's, it's almost a little sleepy or, or uh, maybe too. I always, too I never mind. What's wrong with that? I know, I love it. And if the director wants you to link, there comes a point where you have to trust the artist. Yeah. yeah. And if the director wants you to do this, then do it. And so, and so it, part of the, I, th- I think part of the magic of that film is that they take moments to just kind of lay on the grass and kind of soak in the beauty of what they're doing, or you know, they'll take moments to eat and and kind of. You know, Play music. Uh, another and, theme and, of Ghibli yeah. films is food and food preparation. Yeah. Often traditional Japanese food pre- preparation. Um, uh, there's a great scene in one Lots of the of eggs in this one. Yeah, eggs, eggs in this. Um, uh, is that a and, Gulliver's and, Travels reference? Is a, I, I didn't see if he cracked it on the big end. Oh, that's a good point, yeah. I don't know. Um, there's that. Well, there's like in Ponyo, um, which is a sort of second film to watch if you, if you like Ghibli, but Ponyo, there's a... Um, uh, a couple of detailed scenes of them making noodles. And oh, yeah, delights of of noodles And eating ham becomes an important thing right. in, in, in Ponyo. But uh, going back to Laputa, um, now there's one other thing, and this opens up something that's worth remem- worth thinking about and we might have to say something, is that in the English dub, who is the place the villain? None other than Mark, oh, Mark Hamill, Hamill. Luke Skywalker. Or Joker from the Batman series. Yeah, no, sorry, yeah, yeah. if you want to be really um, recherche, yeah. Yeah, he is. Uh, and he does his Mark Hamill thing of saying long, complicated sentences in a sort of fast and then a slow, more slower way. <laughs> but it, it, it's great. He's, he's a great villain. He's fantastic. Um, I, I would just say, in general, if you can, if you can bear it, watch them with the subtitles. Um, really? Some, see, I think, I'm more if you of a could, dub. I if you can, it, well, see, some of the later ones, the dubs are. I was okay. They, I, I was dub, say, Disney got their confidence in, yeah. and they decide to do some things. They're not changing anything, but it's it becomes very intrusive. Well, I, I can live without Billy Crystal in uh, the Howl's Moving Castle that that I for which some reason he, found really annoying. Which is Billy Crystal? Uh, he's the little flame. All oh, right, so yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, and I don't know why that irritated me, but it did. But for the most part, I, I really quite like the dubs. I, I find the earlier dubs, I, said, I think, are very good. It's just yeah. um, there's one, there's a movie, um, Only Yesterday, which is a realistic film. That says, so it's about a young woman right. in um, uh, in Japan in the, uh, I don't think, it's slightly before the time of the movie. It might be about the same time. And uh, she decides to go and find herself by going out into the country. And um, I'd first seen it, it was released um, on DVD just with subtitles. And then it was released again, and they got the um, new young female actress, actor of, of the year, of the day, that is to say, Daisy Ridley, in to do it. And I thought Daisy Ridley would do a great job, but she, did, she insisted on doing it in an American accent. As her co-star was, um, I've forgotten his name, the bloke from uh, Slumdog Millionaire and uh, oh, Lion um, and... Oh, Yes, I, him. Um, yeah. uh, he he plays opposite her, and he just speaks with his normal accent, and so it's it's very jarring to have someone switch from a, a kind of a, something approximating a British accent to, to someone a Brit uh, attempting an American accent. She doesn't do a bad job of that, but it, it just it sometimes there's things like that, and, and, and so they got her in not because she's a voice actor, but because she is the actor at the moment. I I will and, say there there does seem to be some stunt voice casting yeah yeah it's that it's that thing i mean it all goes back to robin williams in aladdin but um yeah but uh, but for the most part again i i and and also again i know that my my opinion should be rejected uh but i love looking at the visuals i know that's so stupid but uh in an animated film Mm. the subtitles do 
distract me. I would rather be looking at the exquisite animation that's going on on screen. I, I'm not um, saying, but but you can always say the great thing about these movies is you watch them again and again and again. Mm. Um, so you picked Laputa. Um, my pick is uh, My Neighbor Totoro. Or if we want to speak about something else, um, no, or, do both. But, yeah. uh, so My Neighbor Totoro is uh, so the film about. Uh, uh, a small family, father and his two daughters, uh, move into the country. Dad is an academic. Um, I think he's an archaeologist, um, but I don't read Japanese, so I can't tell what he's working on. And um, uh, mum is, as we said, in hospital. And they encounter a magical creature. And the great thing about these films is the the makers just borrow from folklore. They borrow. These are, I think, quite detailed in, in quite a detailed way, based on Japanese folklore. Um, uh, about um, sort of sub-divine uh, beings and um, and their relationship to the children, and it's uh, it, it, but it's it's this beautiful film. It's it's it's, 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 it's you can see it both as uh, um, the child children imagining it as mm. well as something that really is happening to them, and it, it it cuts both ways, and so the story just builds up, and you understand their problems, their stresses as they're separated from their mother. And um, then it builds to this wonderful climax, and then it's then it's over, and, and you get it all in under ninety minutes. Um, the other one I'd recommend is Nausicaa: The Valley of the Wind, uh-huh. just because. I love Nausicaa. Now this film was released when I was uh, seven, and if I'd watched this age seven, I would have loved it. Now there's a big, massive but there, um, and it's about. Uh, you just look on the front cover. First time I saw the front cover, I noticed two things. One, now it's the guy I thought, ooh, something to do with the Odyssey. In fact, I thought it was like that yeah. um, Ulysses 2500. There was a TV oh, show. <laughs> I, I watched was... that too, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> was it Ulysses 2500? Yeah. Um, or, um, Jeff, now we're yeah. going to start singing the um, theme soon. And, um, and I thought it was like that, so I thought it was a, a uh, you know, the Odyssey in space. It's not, but it, it, it isn't just pinching the name from Homer. Uh, so Nausicaa is from uh, the first half of the Odyssey. Um, but it's so it's a similar theme. She's a similar character to Nausicaa in Homer. But um, so but Miyazaki's borrowed it and then just built his entire st- his story around this. And this is um, one of Miyazaki's eco fables. Mm. It's set in the far future. Um, uh, again, this is all told in the prologue. And um, there's been a colossal environmental catastrophe. Um, the uh, the environment is reasserting itself with lots of poisonous, highly poisonous, highly dangerous um, plants and uh, insects, and this is humans struggling to survive. And, and throughout the film, it's a, it's touch and go whether humans will survive. But what's um, of course in this kind of film, you've got conflict. But what's great about it is there aren't really villains in an yeah. out and out sense. Yeah. There is just different people, human beings, responding naturally and not exactly irrationally in different ways yeah. to the same problem. Um, again, also Mark Hamill um, has a somewhat smaller part and not that's not quite so um, noticeable. But uh, and uh, and but what really drew me to it is when I first saw it on the cover. So. First thing was Nausicaa, the name, and then it's she's flying around on mm. a jet-powered <laughs> hang glider, and that just looked. At seven-year-old me, would have yeah. loved that. Would have lapped it up. And the big but is that um, when this film was released in the West, or at least in the United States, it was released. I think it was called Warriors of the Wind or something like that. Oh, and God. they cut it and re-edited it, and um, <clears throat> so I would not, in fact, have been able to see it. Um, uh, in its true form uh, at that time, yeah. So I, I, my 
Gateway Ghibli would be either Totoro or Nausicaa. That two fantastic choices. I I love Nausicaa. I mean, I love both of them. As I mentioned before, Totoro I think is exquisite and and multifaceted story. But Nausicaa is wondrous. Again, as you said, there's that. It's got this epic, sprawling um, story that it's telling. It has this fantastic protagonist, but. Uh, I'm, I'm so glad that you pointed out that um, Miyazaki doesn't really fall back on mustache twirling villains. Certainly not that often. There are the he does occasional... actually have a villain who has a mustache, but he's not a villain <laughs> he's villain. Not literally twirling them. But, but, but no, there's that sense in which usually the people uh, who, who are, and this I think is true of uh, Princess Mononoke uh, yeah. as well, they're not... They're not evil. They're not trying to uh, take over the world or, or, um, or, or at least not just to that end it's not it's not just simply i am a villain and therefore i want to control everything or destroy everything or you know have a, a giant laser shooting up into the sky you know it's it's but to be fair you do have that in Laputa, but uh, damn you um oh the, but, but again oh no, he, i just broke the spoiler <laughs> but, what, but again he, he i i think <clears throat> he, he has there's more complexity to mm. to what he's trying Looks to do good, yeah. uh and and his motivations and it's always that sense that people aren't just easily villainous and corrupt they they have different goals and sometimes the way that they pursue those goals impacts in a negative way the people around them but there's something very hopeful in that and that's what i i adore about the the ghibli films certainly the miyazaki films but i think it's it's true of the majority of them is the sense that uh, that we can come together and we can we can help one another we can hope for for better because it's not like some of us are just corrupt and some of us are, are good. Uh, there's a sense in which we're all flawed and we can all seek to better one another. One other just mention to our listeners, Kiki's Delivery Service. Again, if these don't appeal, this is one that's about a young girl setting her way out in the world. She happens to be a quote-unquote witch. Um, again, Miyazaki, I think... Quote-unquote, no, no, well, That's what she's called. Um, Miyazaki's borrowing from Western folklore without really... Right. Um, he's not linking it to any of the tradition of witches in... Um, yeah, but we have... No, I'm not in any way complaining about that. Um, but in case people do get terribly worried about it, she's not that I mean, the ghost she's sacrificing not scene is a little confronting, but... You, uh, there is no such... <laughs> don't, don't confuse people. No, there's no such goat sacrificing scene. Um, it's just... Uh, see, if she was um, a fairy like Tinkerbell or something, no one would have noticed... When the film was released in the West. She's, no, she's a witch. We call Did, her a witch. Was there a controversy? I don't remember. There was. That. Really? Of course there was. Because they used a W word. Oh, no. Um, but oh, yeah. that's such a shame. It's such a beautiful... It is a, it is a great film. And again, yeah. it's about a, a person um, taking responsibility for her life. Um, you have to accept the, the givens of the story, but that's what you do with any story. Yeah. Um, again, and there's just a celebration of flights. They don't just show her... Oh um, yeah, it's wonderful. Going through the sky, they show her having to deal with um, air currents yeah. and yeah. Uh, sudden um, uh, drops and uh, and so on. But it, it's, I mean, again, it's a it's a very good film. Um, but those films we've all talked about oh, so I, far, apart from Grave of the Fireflies, are all children's based. Could I or, could I throw in another just kind of like Kiki, a, a kind mm-hmm. of random you might just enjoy, uh, The Cat Returns. Yes, it's just phenomenal. I love that film so much. It's 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 silly. It's fun. Uh, it, it's just, if you just want uh, a purely raucous kind of comedy uh, that that you know is is borderline 
uh, absurd. Hmm. It's just wonderful. And and again, uh, like Totoro, you scratch the surface and there is actually a, a really lovely moral there that's not kind of beating you over the head, but that's about you know accepting yourself and not trying to fit in. And it's just lovely. And yeah, it does connect. Oh, which, uh, just to put in context, it's uh, cats. It's, it's sort of a, a society of Magic cats. Magic cats, yeah. Yeah, or the magic society of cats. Um, It does connect to uh, an earlier film released by Ghibli called Whisper of the Heart, but you don't have to have seen Whisper of the Heart, which is itself another very good film, um, uh, to to enjoy The Cat Returns. Um, But we've spoken a lot about, well, they're not, I call them children's films. They're films that would be suitable to show children. Colin, would you... Not The Grave of Fireflies. Yeah, well, not The Grave of Fireflies, no. But um, what are, uh, are there any of the Ghibli films you'd... Uh, recommend for someone who more grown up persons here? Uh, well, I think, uh, again, the beauty of them is that I think that they're all uh, acceptable for anyone. You don't think Nausicaa is a relatively grown up? I mean, the obvious one to say is Princess Mononoke. That's, that's, yeah. that's the grown up, you know, didn't Roger Ebert d- declare it the Star Wars of of uh, anime or something. Did he? I think well, it was something like that. Well, I, no, I, I just meant growing up so in, in that you, we don't, you don't have to worry about whether uh, whether you'd worry about whether children wandered in to see it. Or maybe just it's simply a theme, not because they're particularly horrifying, but the themes that um, children just don't particularly grasp on, latch onto very quickly. But Mononoke, yeah, certainly. I mean, uh, is, uh, none of them really suggest themselves as uh, too confronting for a child. Uh, Mononoke does have a fair amount of amputation going yeah. on. Um, and there are those scary woods, wood demon yeah, monsters. True. Actually, um, yeah, I guess Mononoke. Was. And there's also Porco Rosso. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen it. Uh, but... I have, but a very long time ago. I uh, just remember the I mean, broad brush. We're not, we're not talking about um, Final Destination or, um, or or the Saw franchise or anything like that. <laughs> but they're, yeah, um, I mean, it's the, World War Two. It's in between the wars. Right. Yeah, so yeah. it's in between World War One and World War Two. And uh, he's a pilot, and he happens to be a pig. And the great thing, the great thing is about the Ghibli films is these things that in a Western film or Western story of any kind, the uh, author, the director would feel obliged to explain. They just don't yeah. bother. They don't yeah. go into and here are where the witches come from. <laughs> or in Kiki's Delivery Service, everyone just accepts it as a matter of fact. There are witches. Um, and Porco and it's Rosso, that wonderful collision of he happens she's to be a, witch, a pig. So she becomes a male person, like just that idea of colliding the you know the 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 magical and the wondrous with the completely banal, like yeah, normal. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, male. You meant M A I L. Yes, male delivery. Sorry, I thought you meant she became a male person. M A L. What amazingly, it's I didn't watch that. I didn't watch that cut. It's a Porco Rosso. He happens to be a pig. This is it's sort of alluded to as something really slightly odd that's happened. Um, but they ne- he doesn't really they don't really bother going into the explanations and it is a, and it's about the loss uh, of um, your friends in, in battle and dealing with that and a host of other things um, and then of course the one we haven't mentioned really is Spirited Away which I, which I adore I, I just feel like that that's almost the one that that people immediately go to as uh, their suggestion, not without reason. I mean, uh, I think it's it's wonderful. It's kind of riff on, would you say, like Alice in Wonderland? That yeah, kind of I think like, so. You know, descent into a bizarre, new, exciting world. Certainly, again, just imagination is kind of let loose there. Uh, and there are moments that, again, uh, reiterate that theme that, that people aren't just intrinsically evil, that you know, sometimes the people just need help. 
and that's such a beautiful message I think to impart to to children is that you don't need to be afraid of uh, even some things that look terrifying sometimes uh, it's it's just showing compassion and kindness can create the ultimate transformation self that's no. I think that yeah. um yeah it's it's it is a very beautiful film mm. and uh the the story it's a surprising story you're not expecting it to go the way it does you're not expecting um the uh main character whose name has immediately of course escaped me Chichuru you're not expecting her to do re- respond in quite the way she does but it it does make sense it's not it's not implausible it's not um thematically unlikely it, it all begins to make sense so um it, it spirited away yeah we, we recommend that so that that's that's your campion recommendation so just sum up the ones just, <laughs> it's always useful to have it at the end we recommended laputa castle in the sky mm-hmm. we recommended nausicaa the valley of the wind your pick my neighbor totoro which both of us jumped into I think. uh kiki's delivery service lovely um the cat and, returns, the, and the cat returns as ones that anyone could watch. The other films, um, they're, they're sort of, sort of uh, if you like this, try the others. Not because they're bad or anything, but you need to be used to the, uh, the yes. style and the, um, the the storytelling. And, and uh, it should be said, I, I, I kind of knocked it uh, before, not uh, because I don't respect it. Uh, I, I think it's an exquisite film, but uh, the Grave of the Fireflies. Yeah, is, it's a great film, uh, I, I, and and often considered just on lists of the greatest films of all time. Not even just mm. animated films, but just films. It, I, it's I think an it's exquisite the, work. You will just weep your eyes out, and uh, uh, I'm not going to be responsible for yeah. recommending that to anyone. <laughs> Last time I looked, I think it was the only one available on iTunes. So if you're listening and can't be bothered to go to the shops, really? I think it's available on iTunes. Because um, that's you want to watch right that thing. on your phone on the bus. Yes, I certainly, think. definitely, yeah. definitely. Um, and but apart apart from the ones we mentioned, we, I, we mentioned just now, of course, and also Spirited Away and or Princess Mononoke. Um, so, so basically, any of them. I mean, there's not really one. That well, you I'm not really picking on um, from up on Poppy Hill um, or. I notice uh, you moved straight past Howl's Moving Castle. You know? Well, I don't like it. Other ah, people do. No. Um, we could have an argument about that, but we'd have to have an argument about the plot and everything else um I, i'm not a fan of it others do like it so do try it um in any case that's that's what we thought let us know what your favorite ghibli film is what do you think is the best of uh, the canon what do you think best encapsulates the spirit of the studio what do you think the spirit of the studio even is i want to thank uh, thomas flynn for joining me today and we will be back next time with another camping conversation Campion Conversations is a production of Campion College of the Liberal Arts, Australia. We hope you'll join us again next time. Plato's Cave have you ever suspected that there was a world of knowledge and universal truths lying just beyond the periphery of your vision? Well, why not ignore that nagging suspicion that self-enlightenment is a pursuable goal and continue staring unblinkingly at the shadow puppet display being cast on the wall? Plato's cave. Come for the shadows. Stay because you are literally shackled to the floor. <laughs>